Welcome to the Homeschool Effect, the podcast where homeschool graduates, homeschool mentors share their experiences, inspire, and encourage homeschool families. Uh, today, I'm joined by Jen Hoskins. Jen is a homeschool mom of nine and also works full time. I know I get a ton of questions on TikTok, and I'm sure you do too, too as well, Jen, about how to homeschool and being a working mom. Uh, but yeah. before we get started, if you're not already following the show on Instagram, on um, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, go ahead and hit, hit that follow button or subscribe button and uh, it will seriously help us out. Jen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Great. Well, why don't you just give us a high level background of yourself, uh, who you are, what you're doing today, and um, let's just start there. Sure. I am Jen Hoskins. I have been homeschooling for roughly two decades. Um, my oldest son is 21 and you know they're learning from out the gate. So I kind of counted as that. Um, my oldest two have graduated so far. Um, one works uh, for Florida state government. The other one works for, um, he's in the military, he's in the Marine Corps and then uh, seven more to go. So I also work full time. I'm in tech, I'm in tech sales. I work from home, so I'm very fortunate to be able to be remote, but at the same time, I do work full-time, so I have to balance uh, still homeschooling all of those small humans who are learning, um, as well as maintaining a career, so my life is fun and spicy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know what, you know, growing up, a lot of people called my mom a super mom for homeschooling five kids, but she didn't work, you know, at all, actually. She, her, she was a stay-at-home mom that homeschooled us. You really are a super mom that has nine kids in our homeschool. Oh, I would say that a mom with one child in public school is still a super mom, but I, I because being a mom is is something that's just it's huge, it's pivotal. Um, but I I feel like sometimes your plate can get really full, and and I'll take the super mom status at times because I'm also <laughs> super tired and super caffeinated. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's start with um what, what your homeschool day looks like. You know, I bet it's it's probably unique compared to other homeschool families that you know where the mom stays or is not working at all. But what does your homeschool day look like? So my homeschool day is actually probably born mostly out of my homeschool philosophy, and my philosophy is that. Um, children should have their education in their hands as quickly as possible. They should be able to figure out how they learn, help to teach themselves, especially in, in where we live today. I mean, it's not the world of 20 years ago when I first started homeschooling or 50 years ago, um, you know, it, it's kind of like the joke of, you know, you'll never have a calculator in your pocket. And now we walk around with phones and we have calculators in our pockets at all times. So we, we live in a different world where you can Google whatever you need to. And so because of that, because of that inundation of information, it's really important that my kids learn from a very early age how to absorb and evaluate information on their own because they're inundated with it, uh, with TV and everything. And so because of that idea, I, I do my best to make sure that by third or fourth grade, the vast majority of the work is self-directed. I hand it to them, they know what they need to get done, and then they hand it back to me. Um, really, I, I, and I also kind of try to make sure that they, they are doing something within their thread of how they learn. I've had three of my kids are dyslexic um, because the Lord is funny and decided that that would be a fun thing to throw into the mix. And so um, I, it's also important that they're learning how they're learning. So uh, each of their kids, each of the kids have their own curriculum that's customized to them within their learning style so that I know they're going to absorb it and um, they know what they need to get done. It's pretty standard. So it's one math lesson, it's one, uh, I'm sorry, reading two chapters, one history lesson, 
one science lesson and then something that they love, they need to go and deep dive into it. And that can be something like Minecraft. It can be Roblox. It can be different apps. It can be watching different shows because again, you're evaluating information. And, um, and so that's pretty much what I want them to do um, from the time they're about third grade on. So I set them up with that in the morning. Um, and then the high schoolers are different. The high schoolers, uh, they, I tell them at the beginning of the week what they need to get done. They're used to their standards. They do have a little bit more that they need to get done. Um, but I don't, I don't really check in. I check in on them maybe Wednesday. And then by Friday, I say, did you get everything done? And they say, yes. Um, because again, I want them to have that self-directed perspective from as early as possible that they own their education. Before we continue, the best way to support the homeschool effect is to head on over to patreon.com slash homeschool effect and become a patron. Patrons get access to extra content that might not get added into the final episode. They get to participate in giveaways that are exclusively only for patrons. Uh, they get access to merch depending on what tier you are. You can get stickers, t-shirts, or mugs. Top tier platinum patrons get shout outs on the show. And of course, all patrons receive our unyielding gratitude. This show is not free to make, so your support is much appreciated. Awesome. That's a good philosophy to have. <laughs> yeah, I know. I there's There are some times that I'm like, man, I wish I had that out the gate because I, I would probably be more diligent and um, and and realize how much I own, how much of, of the information and evaluation I own in, to make sure that I'm not getting myself into an information silo. And it's so easy to do in our culture that uh, yeah. you know, I want to make sure they don't get stuck in an algorithm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very true. Um, so you mean, you talked about, you know, third to fourth grade, middle school and high school. What about when they're younger than that? You know, what, so is, what does that look like? That is very different. I um, am much more of a Montessori style um, educator up until that point. Their brain's development uh, up until seven or eight years old is play driven. And so I just want them to play. I want them to learn. I want them to explore. Um, I want them to again, start to figure out the feeds that they're getting from the world and how to evaluate that information, whether that's outside in the backyard playing, whether that is going to somewhere like a trampoline park, whether that's watching something on their tablets or playing a game on their tablets. I want them to just learn and explore without the parameters of this is how you learn. I, I, I feel like the, the gift of being homeschooled is that you don't have to fall into a school-like structure. We, we are not school at home, we're homeschooling. It's completely different. And so my goals for my kids is, this is what I want you to know by the time you're in 12th grade. So I'm not gonna hammer them on something that they're struggling to learn at five, that they can learn really easily at eight, or maybe even at 10, because they're still gonna know it by the time they leave their house. And they're still gonna be on, on tasks to be able to you know hit all their, their metrics that they need in order to graduate on time. So I don't go as heavy on the timeline. And that's something I learned from having a large family um, because I was much more like you're in grade two, you're in grade three and you don't have to. So the, the first year that we really sit down to learn to read is when they're eight. And at that point, they have a lot of the fundamentals of phonics on their own. If you set them up in a learning-based world, they're going to pick up a lot more than you realize. So you're just kind of putting framework to thoughts and ideas that they have, and they get it really quickly. And their only subject that first few months is reading. There's nothing else. And after they know how to read, they can take their education, and then they can start to build on that. And so um, that that's pretty much how school works around here. It, it's um, a lot more flexible, and I've noticed that... Um, 
the the conversations that they have are much more high level than when I stuck with that pump information in, test it out kind of philosophy that that a lot of us when we first start homeschooling, we're like, we must stick by all these books. And then you're like, no, we need to learn in an organic way that's going to function in life. <laughs> right, right. So you're saying that it, it doesn't take five to six hours a day. No, no. Um, I would say it depends on the child. It depends on how distractible they are or what they're doing or when they're doing it. Because again, I also don't give them, you must have now, right? So, okay. For the most part, I don't. My littler ones, so the ones that are the above reader, but they're like below middle school, you need to get your schoolwork done by the time I'm done with lunch. So when I leave my office to go and have lunch and, and sit down and make sure everything's you know good and any, any all is well out there, mutiny hasn't formed, um, that I, I check on them have you done what you need to do and and most of them have gotten it done in a half an hour um maybe an hour and if they have any questions they ask me then and then they can take those questions if there's something that they left and they get that done by the time i'm done with the work day so again i'm there it's more of a mentorship it's more of a coach it's more of what we have in in real world is that i'm here to support you but i i and i want to be able to answer the questions but i also want you to be able to learn how you learn so that you have less questions as time goes on. And instead we can just build a rapport together and, and be able to expand on these ideas. Great. You know, I, I really like your philosophy. And I think it's, I think it's important. And I think it really kind of structures kids how to learn for forever, actually, just not yeah. in a cot in a classroom. Um, I do have to ask though, you know, I think that one thing that your homeschool philosophy, which is great is it teaches ownership, mm -hmm. you know, like you mentioned before ownership, but you know, I feel like some kids maybe don't have that drive. Yeah. Right. How, how do you get your kids to that point? So, okay. So we have different types of personalities. Not everybody's going to be a leader and that that's completely fine, but they do need to know how to lead themselves. So you may not be diligent and lead a fortune 500 company someday, but you are going to have to lead yourself in middle management. You are going to have to lead yourself as an employee. And so those characteristics are still something that you need to learn. It just takes a little bit longer to be able to say, you need to own this. Um, I have one that is very distractible, bless his heart. Um, he tends to be kind of all over the place and I have to get him back to task and I have to go back to task. And he'll, he'll play the game very often. Like, I didn't even know that I needed to do school. And I'm like, you've done school every day since we started school. And well, I don't even know what to do. And so he'll play that game with me. And I just, I, I pivot it back around. What has changed? Have we changed the expectations? Has anything changed here? And he'll go through and realize that it's him who's not remembering. And so he's learned to take better notes. He's learned that I need to write things down in order to remember them. He'll put reminders in his iPad on his calendar. So he has seen the pain points. And rather than just going and jumping in and solving the problem, we talk through how to solve that problem. So he sees his own weaknesses. Um, you know, I'm big on strengths and weaknesses. I think that our, our strengths are strengths that we need to strengthen. God gave us those strengths for a purpose. Our weaknesses we don't need to strengthen because our weaknesses leave space in the world for other people's strengths 
to be able to thrive. But at the same time, those weaknesses can be our pitfalls if we don't know how to make sure that we don't fall into the traps those weaknesses hold. So he may never be the guy who's going to walk in and organize an entire organization as a COO and, and you know, be that, that person who's going to be able to bring that level of expectation. But he might be the, the, the financial guy who can walk in and understand all the finances of it. So he's going to have a different play in the organization. But if he doesn't have the organizational skills, those executive functions, but he wouldn't know he had them unless I let him sit with the problem. It's like a Lego set. You let somebody sit with a Lego set in directions until they can really sort it out. And sometimes you might need to say, can you look at this pile and see that piece? And that little set of eyes, and you might, oh, was there the whole time? Just to remind you that sometimes you've trained your eyes to only see the problem instead of seeing the solution that's right there. Awesome. That's great. I mean, that's, I think that's such a fundamental part of homeschooling, just like that self-motivation. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, you know, the question I, I'm probably going to be like, if I don't ask this question, people are going to be upset with me. So I need to ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, All right. What is fundamental with being a working mom and homeschooling your kids? What is something, no matter what your structure is like, what is something that you always have to do, no matter what? Um, remember that it's a worthy weight, that it is a worthy calling. Um, and remembering the end game. So, you know, I build my life around what I call the Thanksgiving vision. It's just a, a, a idea in my head. It's just a, something that gives you a good mental picture of what you want the end of your life to be. What do you want the end of your days to look like? And so I have like this mental picture of my last holiday with a large family around me and, and, and whoever's there is there and what I've built. But I think about all the different aspects of my life. It's not just my children. Um, it's how, how long did I work? When did I retire? Where did I retire? Where do I live? What trips have I taken? How much have I done? What, what, you know, all the, what, where have I served? And when I think about all those things that I want to accomplish, I then reverse engineer my life off of those goals. And, and, you know, goals are, are really, really important. And, and I use the smart goal method, which is what, uh, what's like repeatable, achievable, Measurable. measurable. I don't. What's yeah. S? What's S? I don't remember what S is. I want to say sustainable. Specific. Sustainable. Specific. That's it. Is Specific. it okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like it's not sustainable, um, and uh, repeatable. So you know, I want to make sure that I'm using the correct parameters when it comes to measuring those goals. And so when I'm in the trenches in the day where I'm going, this laundry is never going to get done. I have four calls with customers today. I don't know when I'm going to get Salesforce updated. At the same time, my kids are like, I want lunch and we don't have whatever in order to make these sandwiches. And I'm trying to keep all of that going and I'm getting lost in the fog. It's like being in fog. It, my goals haven't changed, but I let the fog sink in where I can't then tr- close my eyes and remember where the map is. And so I, I need to make sure that as long as I can keep that worthy cause that that map that I've laid out for my life to make sure that I live in a life with no regrets. Um, I, I want to make sure that when that fog rolls in, I have something that I can fall back on. And that that's the worthy cause that I'm always driven for. And, and it helps now that I have adult kids because I can see who they are. You know, the, these children that are in our home, they're not ours. They belong to the world. They belong to, they have purposes and the world needs them in those purposes. So I, I, I'm 
almost more excited to pour into them the tools that they need and remember that it's more about them um, because the world needs them. Though, And I'm excited to see how they launch and, and how they go. And it's sad because you're, you know, the season's over, but, but life is a life, it's a life of seasons and that's okay. Um, and, and so that's part of also helping me remember we are, we are getting to those goals. We are launching people into this world. We're launching high quality, amazing thinkers um, who are going to have their own trials and their own everything. And so in those moments where I'm struggling, um, that's, that's kind of where I go to. Um, and, and then there's, you know, it, it, I also take a bath every single day. I take a 20 minute bath with my headphones on and, um, you know, some kind of neutral music. So I'm not thinking about anything. And I just sit and let my brain go, let it have all the thoughts, let it have all the, think all the things so that I don't get overwhelmed. Um, and then I can get back to that kind of worthy cause that helps me clear that fog. <laughs> Awesome. That's, that's good to know. sounds like think of the big picture and then also decompress every day. Both, no, no matter both are what very it is. important because it's an yeah. element of self-care. You don't want to ever, you can't pour out of an empty vessel. And I see a lot of moms uh, and dads too, um, because a lot of more, a lot more dads are, are staying home and, and homeschooling their kids or, or working from home and, and helping share the burden of homeschooling. And, you know, they're, they're, if you pour out of an empty vessel, you're going to run dry. And a lot of moms are running dry and it's, society has this Pinterest, Instagram expectation on, on people. This is what you must attain. And I'm like, no, no, yeah, that's, that's, that's fake. So, I mean, even on TikTok, I try to be like, listen, I'm a mess. I'm a mess, but I, I'm a mess who's working on it. And my kids see me working on it. And because being authentic into them and, and letting them see I'm stumbling, I'm trying, I'm pushing. Let's them see, oh, it is, it's about resilience. It's about perseverance. It's not about avoiding the hard things. It's about getting through the hard things. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's a great transition because I know when we spoke on the phone earlier when we were scheduling this, you said, I want to talk about resiliency. Yeah. Um, but before I, before I, min, yeah, before I ask you that, <laughs> you know, one thing I see in our culture today, and this is just from my experience of, of going to college is that if things are hard, they, they tell you to avoid it. Yeah. You know, I, they, if you're, they say, if you're stressed out, you know, Hey, don't do things. If you're stressed out, if this is hard, you know, hard for you, don't, don't push yourself, you know, just take the time you need or whatever, take the, you know, what have, do you see that growing in our culture? I know this is kind of a little off topic, but yeah, what, are, what are your I, thoughts on that? <laughs> I do. And how to conquer it is where I get, kind of lost in the weeds. Of course, it's not the place that I'm an expert in, um, but it is something that I see uh, very prevalent is that we have this very high expectation of accolades. Um, and when we don't get those accolades, it seems boring. But the accolades that we should be getting are the fact that we've developed grit we've developed resilience, we've pushed through, and that we can give ourselves those accolades. Um, I, I think that that has become boring. You know, everybody wants to win the trophy, that, that idea of, you know, everybody wants to have that trophy. And that kind of came around when I was a child. I remember the transition of going from one year where we didn't get trophies to the next year, we all got a trophy just for playing softball. And I was like, like, we were not good. I don't know why I had that trophy. I was, there was no no being good at softball in my world, um, but I played and I got a trophy for that. And I thought, 
like I put maximum effort in, but I didn't get maximum fruit and I could have been more diligent. I could have kept pursuing. And so I, I think that we live in this world that is expecting external validation. You know, you're living for likes. I'm, I'm, and of course I'm a victim of it too, because, you know, when you're creating on TikTok, you want to make sure that people are following, that they're responding, that they're liking things, that they're commenting. Um, and I'll get stuck in numbers sometimes and have to back myself out and go, no, 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 this isn't about numbers. This is about affecting the person on the other side of the screen. This isn't it, the only reason I want my audience to grow is because I know there's women out there who are struggling where I was just a little bit ago. And I just want to be the hand that reaches and it goes, come here. And then, then saying you have the ability, you have the ability to, you have it within you, you know, what makes you tick, you know, what makes you grow. Um, and then now I'm realizing there's not, there's people who don't know that because they have always gotten that trophy. They haven't had to build up resilience. They haven't had that, um, you know, to go to the gym. If you've ever gone to the gym out of shape, um, I did, I lost 50 pounds after my eighth child, which I've gained back 20 after my ninth, but, um, but I, I had to go in and I had to lose 50 pounds. And that first time that I went to the gym, it was awful. It was, it was brutal. I felt like I had been beat up. I, I was like, this is terrible. And then I reminded myself that that was resistance and resistance is painful and resistance is difficult and it feels like rejection, but it's actually exactly what you need to pursue through in order to get to the other side of it, which is where your goal is. And a lot of us have lost that willingness to say this is resistance, not rejection. We just need to keep pursuing instead of somebody saying you shouldn't be here, go sit down. They, there's far more people who are saying, even if there's just one person saying you do deserve to be here, push through. And that's how we should be in, in all aspects of life of how do we build that resilience? It's, it's through resistance and pressure and it's not fun. And that's why not a lot of people get to the other side of it. Um, but when we do, the, the rewards are, um, I, I don't even think there's words for what the rewards are because you could just stand in, I was able to get through that. I was able to push through that. Um, you know, we're far more resilient than we, than society likes us to think. Um, it's not all Instagram perfect. Uh, it is on the other side of that screen. Um, I, I think of when I, whenever I see that picture on Instagram, that's like the person on the beach who has their Bible and, you know, they're reading their, their morning devotions. And all I can think of is what I'm, I don't, I don't like the beach first off, so disclosure, but all I can think of is, you know, the wind is whooshing, you have sand in your Bible, your feet are uncomfortable under that sand, you know, every time you're trying to read your Bible on this page, the wind gusts, and it's, it's not comfortable, but in that moment, it was pretty, and it worked for the picture, and all the people see is that moment, they don't see that you had a truck through the sand, and sit down, and deal with it, and so that's the thing that we need to remember is, is we need to be able to push through, and build that resiliency in ourselves, and then pour that resiliency into our kids, and that's how we end up changing the pattern of the world. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. I mean, I totally, I totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Just from beginning to end. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. I we let's get everyone else on board. Let's go. Yep. Let's go I mean, I, I joke. I'm like, it's like I have really small goals. I just want to like completely change the world radically. That's all. It's 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 not huge. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But no, I, I've definitely seen that, seen that, 
you know, when I, when I left the, left the house, you know, even my, so like I, I transferred schools, but the first school I was at, you know, it was, they were very big about mental toughness, resiliency, yeah. pushing through, getting out of your comfort zone. You know, obviously I believe in a healthy balance of taking care of yourself, you know, mental health and things, things like that. But I think as a society, we might've swung too far to the other side yeah. where it's like, don't go out of your comfort zone. Don't push yourself. And I think it's, it can really stunt growth and maturity for, yeah. for kids. Absolutely. Um, but anything I, else? I'm, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, okay. Um, so I was raised by a Marine dad. I have a Marine grandfather. I have a Marine uncle and I now have a Marine son. My dad so was in the army. Up, yeah. 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 So growing up, the military has this different level of expectation of, um, uh, pardon the term, but it is, they say, embrace the suck. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's literally what they say. And, and my dad, who has the cleanest mouth on the planet, used to say that it was the one time I'd hear him say that word. I'm like, well, it must matter. Like something in there must matter. And, um, and I, I see that now the, the resilience that they built, um, at Paris Island, that, that they were able to build up this level of resilience to the world that it doesn't mean it wasn't hard. It just means that they could, they could keep pushing through that they on the other side of that pain there was something and um i you know I, we live in a world that's full of traumas that's full of brokenness that's full of pain that's full of other people hurting and wounding us in ways that that we can't figure out the way to overcome that for ourselves and but we we should we need to because the world needs our giftings we can't let that trauma we can't let the the root the the waves of the world wash away what what the world needs from us so we need to rise above that find the right tools to be able to pursue beyond that and then once we're beyond that portion of it pour that resiliency into our kids guard them from as much trauma as possible but realize that we live in a world that's broken so teach them how to deal with that brokenness i, I you know if you're going to walk through a battlefield you need armor if you're going to walk through a battlefield you know how need to know how to tiptoe around mines you need to know that if you get hit by a mine how do you recover you know th there's these important things that we our kids need in order to walk on this battlefield but it starts with us learning how to walk on the battlefield especially if the battlefield has wounded us that's how we build that resiliency and then and that goes for parenting of all kinds but especially as homeschool parents we have the privilege to be able to shepherd our children through that battlefield hands-on um, there there's going to be less of a risk of instances happening that we're going to be outside of the battlefield and not realize the trueness of that battle to be able to help them in that moment so it doesn't become some of the weights that a lot of us carry exactly wow <laughs> i'm just like taking everything you, you said in it's just it's it's, it's really good <laughs> well good good i'm glad i'm glad i'm like, I I at a loss for words <laughs> that's <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, my, my dad was also in the military and uh, his dad was a drill sergeant. And so, oh, all right, like, yeah, yeah he... he's just loud. That's just loud. <laughs> my Marine son is so loud. I'm like, I, he, if he becomes a drill instructor, that's going to make so much sense to me because he was loud from the time he was little. I joke that I just got an untrained Marine at birth and I just had to survive until I dropped him off at Paris Island at 17. So <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk yeah. about resiliency in, in homeschooling, you know, what was the hardest, I guess, challenge or year of your homeschool journey so far? And how did you get through it? My most challenging year was very early on. And it was when I thought that I needed to get an out of the box 
curriculum that I needed to do each individual subject from that curriculum with my kids and I needed to complete the books um, because I thought that I needed to do school at home. And I was trying to replicate something that was a system that wasn't built for home. It was a system that was built for teaching 30 kids in a classroom and and in a in an out of the box curriculum you know you have i think it's five learning styles and you need to make sure that curriculum teaches all five learning styles because in that classroom there's five learning styles and instead of realizing i was teaching one i was teaching one child that was in front of me and i needed to teach him how he needed to be taught and um, my oldest one was great with it. He, he was fine. He did everything from, you know, every single lesson, no problems. My second son did not. <laughs> he was just a different kid. Like I said, I needed to survive him until he got to Paris Island. Um, but he taught me so much. Um, he was the sandpaper that my heart needed in order to smooth it out and realize where my rough edges were. Because it, without him, without the fact that he didn't want to learn how I wanted to teach, I realized I'm not teaching my teaching style. I'm teaching his learning style. And so I threw out that curriculum and I said, we're going to do something different. And so he learned primarily by audiobooks for, for a vast majority of his early reading. He learned all of his multiplication tables walking around our dining room. I don't think he ever sat at an, a desk of any kind. Um, he, he struggled with writing. So I started writing letters to him and putting them under his pillow and, you know, just little encouragement. And he would write back to me and put it in my room. And that was how I taught him handwriting. I had to throw Wow. all the rules outside. And um, once I realized I am one person and my teaching style doesn't matter, the only thing that matters is his learning style or her learning style and teaching to that and catering a curriculum to that and making sure that we're helping obtain the goals that they want to. Um, I have one daughter who wants to be a doctor. So a lot of her curriculum, her writing curriculum, her are the classics that she reads are all going to be around medical ideas because one, I want to make sure that she makes sure she wants to be a doctor before she gets to med school. Cause we've all heard the nightmare stories of people spending a whole bunch of money going through med school and then being like, I don't think I wanted to be here. Yeah. Um, I, I, so, I just want to share this quick stat. I don't know if it's yeah. still accurate today, but it was like almost a third of like college freshmen are pre-med. Yeah. Yeah. You know, third, third of the college graduates are not doctors. <laughs> no. no, they're not. And I want them to check that off the list as quickly as possible. I want you to know what you want to do, but I want you to also make sure that's what you want to do. Don't just commit to a dream, commit to what your calling is. And, um, you know, I didn't know that I was eventually going to be in tech. I had no idea. I didn't know I was going to be on TikTok. I had no idea. But when I look back, I see these little seeds along the way that I just kind of needed to follow the breadcrumbs. And so I want to make sure that I'm giving them enough breadcrumbs that they see whether they're on the right path or not, and that they see it early enough that they can change course. And so again, like as long as I'm glad I learned that lesson so early because I've seen moms who have not learned it early and I've seen them burn themselves out. And almost every time I've met a mom who's burnt out is because she's trying to fit into a box that somebody else built. And I'm like, that's not your family. You don't need to be that family. That family can do all of that perfectly. It's, it's not about doing what that family does. It's about doing what your kids need because they're your kids. They're not somebody else's kids. And if they're learning and they're growing and they're thriving, 
then you're doing something correct as long as you're not burning yourself out. You, you, you fall into a pattern where you start to go, oh, this is my purpose. You just start to feel like that's the glove of your life. And you, so I, I always try to be careful about going, it's about principles, not rules. The principle is you want your children to be educated. The principle is you want your children to be lifelong learners. The principle is you want your children to understand the difference between education and indoctrination and that they are able to absorb information that they don't agree with and not react. I want them to see that information, understand that information, and then assimilate into their hearts what their truth is, what, what the truth is, to be able to discern that on their own, never be scared of information that's contrary to what they believe. And, and so those are the principles that we're guiding towards. And so once, once I kind of had that philosophy, I said, we're not doing an out-of-the-box curriculum again. Um, other than I, I will live and die by teaching textbooks. That's the only curriculum that I'm going to be like, that's it, that's it. Because it's self-grades, especially for working moms. I can't yep. grade math. <laughs> awesome. Well, say it louder for the people in the back. I cannot stress that enough. You're probably the third or fourth homeschool parent that I've had on the show. And yeah. um, that has said, you know, you don't need an out-of-the-box curriculum. You can pick yeah. and choose pieces from each, you know, out-of-the-box curriculum of Becca, Sunlight, you know, Costco conversations, whatever it is, but yeah. don't live and die by one curriculum. And just because it's not working for you doesn't mean that homeschooling is not working. It just maybe means that that one particular curriculum is not working for your child, like you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that's, um, I, I think it's just a really critical thing for us to realize for our kids too, that our kids might like curriculums we hate. Like, like there might be curriculums that you're like, oh no, like there's one history curriculum I'm not a fan of. Um, and one of my kids loved it. I was like, really? Okay, can you do that all by yourself? Cause I'm bored. Um, and he's still an avid reader. So I know that it was, it was worth it for him. But for me, I was like, this is a snooze fest. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm much more of the active kind of reader. Um, and and I, I love history. I really, I love biographies. Um, in fact, the primary driver behind the curriculums that I have is biographies. They, they, all of their first early readers are the YWAM biographies. Um, because first, I believe they're absolutely the most stellar elementary biographies, but they're also great for adults because you're learning people's real lives. And so before we ever hit, put a history curriculum anywhere near them, they learn the biographies of probably 50 to 60 people, um, both in Christian history and, and governmental history, world history. And um, so that they, they can see the different characteristics of personalities. And they're not just reading one line in a book of this is what uh, George Washington Carver did with peanuts. Instead, they're seeing the man he was, who, where he started, where he developed things, his strengths, his failures, the things that he had to overcome. Um, the, the times that, um, I, my, one of my favorite stories is when Booker T. Washington came up to him. He's like, all right, man, we got to do this. We got to do this. And he was like, no. He was like, what? No, I, no, we have to. And George Washington Carver was like, that's not my purpose. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And like, I'm like, you know, these are two great men of history that you're like, these are right. huge. And I can't even imagine being in that room, but a history book's never going to pick that up. A biography picks that up. So I teach all the biographies early and then we put the history curriculum afterwards so that those people are already in their brains. So when they learn the timeline, they remember who were the contemporaries, you know, who are the people who lived at the same time? What was going on while this person was over here around the world? 
And I think that just creates a, it paints a better picture of what history is and why history is so important to know. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else would you like to share before we wrap up? Any other advice you want to give to homeschool parents? Or? I, I would say that there are going to be times that you want to quit. Um, there are going to be times that you are going to think that you're failing. And I think that that is extremely important to sit in those moments and feel all those feelings and see why you're feeling that. Are you feeling that because you truly are? Are you feeling that because you're tired? Are you feeling that because you just need a break? Um, are you feeling that because you're trying to live in somebody else's dreams? Are you feeling that because you're looking at the end goal and you can't figure out from where you are? Are you just sitting in that fog? Um, figure out why you're feeling that and then push through. Uh, on the other side of that fog is fresh energy. On the other side of that valley is, is a green pasture. Push through these, these, these moments that you have with your kids, you'll never get back. And um, it, it's wonderful to be able to sit there and, and make sure that you are taking care of yourself, that you're taking care of them, that you're taking care of your family and, and unpacking your stuff, helping them make sure that they're going to be able to unpack their stuff. And you're growing together in this way that is just a, a beautiful dynamic that's lost in our world. And it gets lost in the public education system because you don't have that same level of discipleship with your kids when they're away from you. Um, and, and it's a worthy calling. It's, it's hard. And I think we should all recognize that it's hard as any parenting is hard, um, but it's okay to do hard things. It's, and it's important to push through hard things and build that resiliency because that models something for them that more is caught than taught. And what they catch from you building that resilience will be more important than probably most of the things that they learn in the book. Awesome. Thank you. And if people want to follow you on TikTok, what's your TikTok handle? It's just Jen Hoskins. It's Jen with two N's, Hoskins. Um, it's pretty easy to find me. I'm on there. Perfect. I'll link to, I'll link your TikTok in the show notes. That way you can just click on it when you're listening to the episode. So Wonderful. if you ever want to listen to any more encouragement, advice, parenting advice, homeschool advice uh, from Jen, all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to take it to TikTok. Make sure to follow her. Wonderful. Jen, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it.